Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, Brian. Welcome back to the Survival of Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, well, we're going to talk about urban warfare, but kind of different than you're thinking of. Not like like the soldiers going house to house. We're talking about how do you protect your home and deal with life in a kind of city environment, or even on a small scale. Think of it more like guerrilla warfare, where it's kind of you against a bigger army or a bigger force and and how do you deal with that and you know honestly we all kind of all warfare seems to be urban warfare anymore really uh, mm-hmm. i guess unless you're in a big desert some of you guys out there in the middle of nowhere might argue with me but a lot of the fighting over in iraq was still in the towns and cities so right right it seems like that's the case over in ukraine right now a lot of it's in the cities it, it's that's it, you know, and, and I feel like some of the oppressors want to destroy infrastructure as much as they can. Um, you know, one of the things that got me thinking about it, I was reading, there's an article um, in the Military Times, Military News, whichever, whatever one, um, about how uh, the Michigan Police Department says they're going to have limited response to 911 calls due to high gas prices. Oh shit. Yeah. So you you may be on your own. 
That, that's all I'm saying. You need to up that budget, man. Um, yeah, well, that's... Listen, I know your husband just had a heart attack, but, you know, gas prices, you know? What are we going to do? Gas prices. 911, eh. You know, because do you really need us to come out? Like, could you just maybe walk yourself bleeding to the hospital? Mm. You know, whatever. Teach his own, right? Yeah. That's, that's how we do it. Get a bicycle. Um, so, anyway, so that's always, it's funny when you read, like, the prepper novels and the things like that. One of the, the things that always seems to happen is there's always hype inflation mm-hmm. we've never seen that in the real world like that's a fiction thing right um gas prices go up out of control mm-hmm. that that's fiction you don't need to worry about that that probably won't ever happen um and then all of a sudden the police start cutting their budgets and they're like oh we can't help you and then what always seems to go hand in hand with our government telling us hey we can't help you is but we need to take away all your guns so that way it's safer for us. Right. And I figure, what's a town got? Maybe like one police officer to every thousand people? I mean, I don't I don't really know what the ratio would be. But I feel like, so it's safer for the one guy if we take away all your guns. Right. And And this is the guy who chose to go risk his ass, you know? Uh-huh. I'm just saying that sounds a little weird. Um, Back when I lived in New York, our sheriff was always going around that he loved people with concealed carries and wanted them to carry everywhere they went because it's just one more. He goes, it's just one more good guy with a gun. Yeah, yeah. He got and voted I feel out like of people who, though, after yeah, he well, said that. <laughs> they, 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 they were like, re-elected. <laughs> Screw that guy. He's out. And when they voted his ass out, I, uh, and it's funny cause he had everybody fooled cause he was a Democrat and, oh, yeah, yeah. and he, he was like that. And they were like, wait, I've always voted for him cause he's the Democrat. And then they were like, that, that isn't what Democrats believe. And then that was the end of it. Yeah. And, yeah. That's how they do it in New York. We know that, you know, the Constitution and, yeah, no, that Democrats don't go for that kind of fucked up shit. (laughs) (laughs) I know you think I'm a bad person, but so be it. Nobody thinks that about Chuck. So anyway, let's let's look at the bigger scope. Um, The uh, we'll say the Antichrist, right? He's gathering these forces of darkness out to come and get you and you're saying well chuck i'm not really a bible reader and and i don't really go for the antichrist thing let's just say any fictional character that's not for example the u.s government is out to oppress you right hypothetically we're not talking about the u.s government we're not talking about your government and in case that's what you were going to infer We'll say it's the boogeyman or the Antichrist or fucking Al-Qaeda invades. All right. Um, So one of those things happen. Let's assume for our hypothetical scenario that they come with a bigger force, right? Because he's bringing the armies of darkness, right? Right. So they're coming in, you know, 
Evil Dead, that kind of shit. It's not good. So how, as you as an individual, are you standing up to uh, to a bigger foe like that? Now, a lot of people would say, well, they have tanks and Apache helicopters and, and F-14s and they're dropping bombs on houses in Philadelphia and you can't stop them. And... Well, what happened in Afghanistan and Iraq? Didn't they say, fuck it, we quit, and then leave all our guns and equipment and just give it to the Taliban? Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that what the federal government did? So apparently, one, you can just wear the fuckers out because they just don't right. have that kind of willpower or stamina. Mm-hmm. I know the American people... Well, see, here's where it gets tricky. The American people don't have that kind of willpower or stamina. So if the American people are resisting an oppressive takeover, maybe the UN, the Antichrist, what have you, and they uh, keep coming, I don't know who wins because they both are quitters, right? The American people are quitters. The federal government is quitters. And then there's the Patriots. And we'll say that they're the guys who are going to outlast because that's a good fantasy. Always in the novel, you have to have the. The good guys win. What is it? The good guys win. Yeah, I I didn't know what word to go with there, but that's that's what we're going to go with today. Um, So anyway, so that's the idea there. So how could how how is it that. Al Qaeda and them were able to stand up to the federal government. Like, what kind of things do they even do? It's, I mean, there was a lot of crazy shit. It was like in and out strikes and actually having tactical planning and right. thinking about, you know, logistics and fucking up stuff and just basically keeping everybody on edge. Um, to be honest, one of the tactics that worked very well for the Taliban, I know I'm using all these words interchangeably, Taliban, Al-Qaeda, you know, I know there are slight differences and variations, but you get the idea. The bad guy. The way they did it was they basically wore people down by being so brutal, um, by, you know, being kind of indiscriminate. You know, one of the best advantages that they had was they didn't worry about collateral damage. They didn't worry about, and I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I'm saying that's a big part in how they got the upper hand is, Mm -hmm. you know, the U.S. government was held back by rules of engagement. Um, These guys, you know, really were all in on their agenda. Yeah, now, if you want to talk about about a couple of... uh different events historically in the United States. Um, let's, first, let's talk about this guy, uh, Lance Thomas. He was a uh, watchmaker in Los Angeles. Um, okay. Now, he had heard about a few of the shopkeepers in the neighborhood he lived in getting robbed at gunpoint. So he decided to go and buy himself a gun. He got a uh, Smith, and, uh, Smith & Wesson Model 36. That's what they call a chief special. It's a thirty eight. And um, two months later, after he got the gun, uh, two guys came in, one with a nine millimeter and uh, pointed at him. And he acted like he was going to go get all the, uh, you know, was getting 
collecting all the Rolexes and the watches together. And he bent, bent down, grabbed the gun, came up, shot the guy with the gun. The other guy took off. So police found it self-defense and went on his way. Well, then well, no, uh, wait a minute. Let, let me stop you. Let me stop you right there. Now, it sounds like he went and bought a gun because he was trying to encourage violence. What right. I heard when you read that story was, hey, you know, um, you went out looking for trouble. Because mm-hmm. you notice he bought the gun and then violence and, happened. Right. Then violence yeah. happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He could have right. just given him all his, his right. watches are and watches maybe they wouldn't have shot more, him. Maybe. Are, are watches more important than people's lives, Kevin? Seriously. Material things. And you know what? It would have been only rich people that would have bought those watches anyway. That's right. And, it's just you know, rich people taken from the rich. They can't go without nice things. They can go without. Like that guy probably needed to feed his family. Do you ever even think of that? Do you realize <laughs> this guy could have babies at home that are going That's, hungry? Yep. And he could have oh, he could have gone and got a job, but whatever. Whatever. So, right. so after he got robbed, he he strategically placed um strategically placed guns around the store and he started going to the range every day. You know what I mean? What he noticed was he, he shot five times and he only hit twice. So he thought, you know, if I'm a precision watchmaker, I should be precision with my, my firearm too. Right. So two months, two months later, he was robbed at gunpoint again. This time it was actually five people, uh, one outside the store, Four people went in, and they were actually going to go shoot him in retribution for the guy he had shot two months earlier. So um, so one guy stayed outside, two guys stayed by the door, and two armed guys came into the store. They both got shot, and uh, the guy Lance Thomas got shot four times, but mostly it was in one shoulder. So okay. he survived that. The two guys with, that were armed in the store were shot to death, died. You'd think, wow, that's like a little bit crazy to happen twice to one person, you know? So uh, the next year, um, a guy and his girlfriend came in and stuck up the place. And he shot, you know, he shot the guy five times and he got shot in the neck but it went in and out right through his neck and it was far enough away from his artery that he actually was back at work the next day. Okay. So then, uh, let's see here that then the next year, um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. So two guys came in, they already had their guns out when they walked in the door. And so he just started shooting. And uh, both of them got both of them were killed, and that's when he decided that like probably best to just close <laughs> close up shop and and relocate. So all in all, there were four. He was in four gunfights within two years, and he actually closed up his store two months before the L.A. riot started. So I think he picked a good time to get out of there. But the point of the story is that he was in a situation where a lot of people were interested in the stuff that he had and acquiring that stuff by force without, you know, without having to pay for it. And 
he set up his shop in a manner that would help him defend his space, you know, in the sense that he had different, different firearms and that were around the store that one was always in arm's reach. And in Um, a place that he might be sent, right. Like by having it by the expensive watches or whatever, Oh, they're going to send me over here. That's a place I can go Mm -hmm. pick up my gun. I like it. Right. Tactical planning. So, all in all, you know, and, and he spent a lot of time at the range making sure that when he shot his firearm, it was hitting what he was shooting at, you know, putting a bunch of holes in the wall behind the uh, guy trying to rob you isn't very helpful. No. Um, he'd and been a shot a total of that... five times, but never had any serious injuries that, you know, debilitated him. I feel like, like four shots in the same shoulder. You know what it was? There were probably 22 bullets. And those, you just, like, pull them out. They're not even a thing, according to uh, Biden. Yeah, like, yeah it's just like probably, a splinter. He probably Grab was some tweezers, using, like, pull that thing out of there. He probably had a forty-five yeah. and was, like, blowing, or 9 millimeter, and he was blowing whole lungs out of people, so. Yeah, actually, he had gotten shot. Actually, all five times he had gotten shot was by, not by 9 millimeters. His lung never came out, believe it or not. Really? That is yeah. completely unexpected. Both his lungs um, stayed in his body every one of those times he had been shot. Were, is, he had a 38, though. And I think if you know if you know about stopping power, you know that uh nine millimeter typically you're you're gonna want to shoot somebody twice in the chest for to kill him with a nine millimeter, despite what Biden says. The uh but that's the bottom line is you want to uh you want to think about what uh how you set things up, how you are. You got to realize like this guy, as Kevin pointed out, he's got high-end jewelry in a bad neighborhood. Now think about this. Think of a world where there's food shortages because 24, uh, I think we're at 24 right now. Maybe it's 26. um, Food production facilities have burned down in the last. Now, according to Facebook, it's been in the last year, not six months like some articles say. So okay. people people quoting that could be totally wrong. It could be over a whole year. So there's no connection. And authorities have found no connection. Now, mind you, authorities haven't looked for a connection, but they didn't Right, because there's anything. no connection. Why would you look for a connection so you, if there's no connection? Right. So when you go and say that all those are related, you would just be making up fear and and you know, propaganda and nonsense. So don't even worry about that. But I'm just saying some crazy people might take that information to say, hey, there's less food for me. Um, They might take it that, hey, I used to pay 37 cents a dozen. I know Kevin can't relate in New York for a dozen eggs. And now eggs are $2 a dozen. I don't know what they are in New York, but I know in the Southland that's, that's we've gone from 37 cents to $2. So there is some kind of food shortage happening. Um, and inflation, money gets tighter. And even if food isn't getting more expensive, although we know that it is, um, gas is so expensive that people have less money to buy their food, right? Or if they're going right. to work, you know, they're spending money on gas. You, you get the idea. Um, or maybe now I have to buy it at the mini mart down the street because I can't drive my car across town to the cheaper grocery store, right? Whatever, you know, 
play of events you want to go for. My point is people might be desperate and we may not be there right now today, but this time could be coming in the near future. And I think that's a big part of why we're talking about this right now. So you being a prepper, maybe have excess food or excess food production, right? You might have chickens. Somebody wants to get, Mm -hmm. you might have animals, you know, it's a big thing. All the, uh, prepper books people always come and they freaking like slaughter a cow out in the field and and take it and they just cut out the you know the meat they can carry or understand how to process themselves and they don't even do it efficiently and they let the rest go to rot but because they want their belly full today well these are things you might need to think about how you can start securing and it's kind of different for everybody like your own property your own setup what you have you have individual needs and whatever, but you need to think of how to take care of your stuff, right? So maybe it's, right. hey, I have 10 months of uh, food storage from my Patriot supply, and you need to find a way to secure that in an area where it's not going to be obvious to everybody to just come and take, right? Right. And I, think, so I know we've talked to, about operational security a few times, and that's and one of those cash. things is, yeah, you might not necessarily, you might not necessarily want everybody knowing everything that you've got. Um, you know, you might be able to trust your, your friends and stuff, but your friends might inadvertently mention something to somebody else that has no interest in, in you taking care of yourself. And it's more interested in taking what you've got. Right. Um, you know, it's that, that's something to definitely be aware of. So realize that you become a target in a situation like that. And, you need to have a means to protect yourself. You have to have some kind of tactical plan. You need to, you know, realize what you have is worth protecting. And think about, you know, in the the modern day when we have good electricity and good everything going on, having some security cameras, you know, that might help mm-hmm. out. Um, I don't look at my cameras as something to help me... Uh, you know, show the police because good luck. You know, even if you have a picture of the guy, they're like, yeah, we don't care. Um, yeah. Unless you I don't know who he is immediately, right so I'm not going to look right. into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's not like the FBI crime labs where, you know, they're going to go and run facial recognition and all that. That's mm-hmm. probably not going to happen. Right. Sure, face, Facebook has the technology. You know, you could be like, oh, that's Jim. Look, Facebook says, look, it's uh, Jim Smith. Here's his account. Mm-hmm. Look, he just posted he's somewhere right in town five minutes ago. Yeah, that, that that looks like work. We're not even sure. I mean, maybe, but he might not be there. What if I drive all the way right. there and he's not there? Gas is $5 a gallon. I'm not even responding to 911 calls. I'm sure as hell not going to look for the guy who broke into your freaking house. Yeah, just so, driving around with gas prices today? You want me to just drive around and look for somebody? Ridiculous. When he may or may not be there, and it may or <laughs> may not be him, I don't think so. That's that's unlikely. Um, So that's, you know, you want security for your own self so you can kind of plan, hey, this is what I need to protect. This is how the predator, you know, I go through it with the foxes and different things. This is how the animal's getting into my property. This is how the criminal's doing it. This is what they're waiting for. Look, it's every day I go out to work at whatever, 
and they come rolling into my property 10 minutes later. You know, when you have patterns and things, you become predictable and people can, uh, you know, deal with it. And obviously, you know, a lot of us have to go to work at the same time. That's how the world works. But maybe Mm -hmm. you can do some things to be a little more proactive or to change things. You know, they used to, people would uh, put up like a fake hawk to scare away the predator birds and things like that, right? Um, Right. Or, you know, maybe not a hawk, I guess an owl, right? And that would, you know, scare them away. And that's the kind of thing you need to kind of come up with ways to protect your own property and that way. So once we have our own shit secured and we realize, hey, maybe the police aren't going to come and protect us, which we're going to keep going on that. Sometimes it even goes 180 the other way where some big tyrannical government might be coming out to get you. And again, we're not talking about the U.S. government, just some random hypothetical, mythological hypothetical government. government. Right. Right. You know, like Hitler rises to power. I know our government would never compare themselves to Hitler, so it's obviously not them, mm-hmm. but some right. other government where, you know, they, they have evil intent, right? So they rise to power. Um, one of the big things that can really be a game changer is being able to communicate. Um, mm-hmm. And it turns out that the NSA has a pretty good grasp on cell phones. You probably think that when you send that text or you turn on your phone or you look at your map that you're safe and, and that nobody's watching. Or we always used to tell ourselves, oh, well, there's no way they could process all that information. How could the government worry about every cell phone out there at the same time and be paying attention to what I'm doing? That's, that's right. what we like to tell ourselves. Um, Who has time to to spend tracking everybody? They could say at any given moment, again, we're talking federal government. We know local cops can't even get the gas to drive out to your house. But Mm -hmm. the the federal government, they they have unlimited resources because guess what? You keep paying taxes and they take a shit ton. Imagine if half the money you spent on everything they just took. Because that, that's what they do. Um, and you're saying, well, well, no, Chuck, sales tax isn't that high. They took it. Just trust me. That's another episode. We'll, we'll get mm-hmm. back into that. I think we're going to talk about taxes maybe next week. We're going to talk about how the government's sticking it to the man. I think that's going to be our, our next uh, thing. But anyway, so they can track your phone. They can figure out where you are, what you're doing. They can say, hey, who has their phone turned on? in this five mile area. And then they can say, Oh, look, Mm -hmm. there's this guy here, this guy here, this, that again, not readily available to everybody, but when they're out searching for people, this is something you really need to be aware of. Um, turning off your phone, not usually enough. Um, right. They can access your cameras. They can access location even when it's turned off. Um, to be honest, you pretty much, you know, Kevin talked about having a friend that would put it in the refrigerator. That's actually a great plan. That works. Um, another thing you could do is wrap it in foil. Um, that would work. That would kind of, you know, turn it off, wrap it in foil, turn it and off. still yeah. have it away from you. You don't know about those microphones and whatever. 
but something to be aware of, right? Um, take out the batteries. That always works, but obviously a lot of modern phones, that's not an option, right? We can't take out mm -hmm. the battery. Um, but having a way to communicate, having a plan is going to be a game changer. Um, also, when you think about maybe disrupting your oppressor, right? You know, if people weren't afraid, that that's one of the things that always disgusts me is um, whenever the government gets more controlling and, tighten and tightens the noose um, and they're worried about people, they they don't like you sharing information that could possibly be used as subversive, right? And that's a thing. So you don't, you don't talk about how, how do we stand up to the government? And that was one of the things the Nazis had where they're like, look, we don't want anybody to have guns. We don't want people to have access to, you know, free information and how to, you know, make explosives, how to do stuff. That was one of the things our founding fathers were so adamant about was free information, free whatever, free ideas, and be able to say things that might be contrary to the the you know powers that be you know to the king right if you're spreading information that damages the king then you might start a revolution you might get people aware of what's happening to them you might you know cause things and the more they crack down on that you know they you've been seeing a lot of posts on the facebook and stuff where they're like oh the government you know the ones who are usually you know, limiting information are never the good guys, right? You, you've probably seen mm -hmm. posts like that lately. I know I see them all over the place. And that's, right. that's, where, that's true. You know, look at China. China's like, oh, nothing bad is happening. Nobody's ever died. You know, they don't talk about Tiananmen Square. They don't talk about Winnie the Pooh. You know, things mm -hmm. that are terrifying to the government, they don't want people talking about it. And they crack down on it. Well, this is that, that kind of thing. And the information is out there. Um, there are a bunch of books out there that I'll let you use your imagination. What kind of books would be useful to somebody who is trying to be subversive to an oppressive authoritarian antichrist? Um, mm -hmm. There's books out there. I would recommend you find some. Um, I know maybe if you email me, I might be able to help you out, point you in the right direction because I know my Gmail account is totally secure. So that's prepping badass at Gmail. You'd be totally safe if you emailed me there and asked for books that might be uh, subversive. I'll hook you up. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't even worry about it being a problem. Um, Gmail is like, <laughs> like, like crack, a safe. Crack, like a safe. Um, actually, if you email me, I might be able to give you another email account that might be a little bit safer. And I don't know. Anyway, um, moving right along. So come up with ways to communicate, come up with some codes. You know, they talk about like the book ciphers, right? So if two people mm -hmm. have the same edition of the same book, you could both have it and you could like talk about, you know, come up with some kind of code of chapter and, and page and line and word and, you know, so you just have numbers and you work it out. Look up codes, look up ciphers, mm -hmm. pay attention to these things, and you might be able to come up with a way. Then think about what kind of things would be beneficial to an oppressor, right? Um, what kind of things 
do they need to keep running, right? So think about morale, think about logistics, think about, you know, they say if you can control the communications, the ones who can communicate, those are the ones who win. That's like the most important thing. So if you can do anything to stop the communications of your enemy, you will uh, much easier control the area. And the same thing goes for the other way of, you having communications and not being limited. And I'm telling you, things that transmit, they can track and they can see where they're transmitting from. And I'm telling you, your cell phones can be tracked and they can be monitored. So these are things you need to be aware of. Um, I would then say to you that food supplies are a big thing. Munitions supplies are a big thing. Vehicles are a big thing to an oppressive force. If you can damage or take care of these things, you can make a big difference. Um, I would say things like uh, learn about um, thermite. You guys might want to look into what thermite is and what it can do to a vehicle. Um, there might be some fun tricks you could learn out there. Uh, there, there's a neat little trick they talk about in that book, Patriots, about thermite. You might be able to find some information there. Um, just Google thermite. You might find something. You might want to use DuckDuckGo because it's a little less likely to share your shit than Google is. But, you know, teach their own. Um, I mean, hey, you know, the, Google's on our side, right? They keep telling us. They're just not on the side of the Chinese people. I mean, the Chinese government, mm -hmm. yes, they're on that side. But the Chinese people, not so much. So is it possible that Google might turn on you? Yeah, it's possible. I would say that that definitely could happen. Um, all right, let's uh, change course here. Now you're saying, Chuck, you're being freaking ridiculous because my government... My local police would never do anything to try and hurt me. Well, let's go back in time. It's like we need some kind of time travel noise that happens right now. Mm -hmm. Like a little, you know, some kind of swoosh or something. Doodly, doodly, doodly. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm watching Wayne's World. <laughs> so anyway, um, the uh, we're back in 1985, Philadelphia the move incident all right let's talk about yeah. that kevin what do you know <clears throat> well in 1985 in philadelphia there was a, a a a group called move now move was never really clear on what their what their jam was um but they were uh they were, they were a group angry. of of yeah they're they're a group of of individuals that wanted to live separate from from the government um and, and philadelphia would be the place to do that right yeah generally speaking the government does not want people living separate from the government so okay all in all they came in a, a little bit of uh a little bit of uh disagreement on on how things should run and the philadelphia police department went there to see if they could straighten things out you know maybe maybe talk talk some sense in each a other. friendly talk right friendly talk which involved i think it was about 500 philadelphia police officers um didn't even and know that they had that many and a helicopter right now generally speaking 
you would use uh if you wanted to get into a location where people were that had their doors locked and didn't want you in there, you might use a okay. breach charge on the door, right? Excellent. So that idea. that's what they did. They got several breach charges, but instead of going to the door, they dropped it out of a helicopter. <laughs> several hundred. <laughs> <laughs> And it's yeah, instead of the door, they they dropped it out of a helicopter onto the roof of the building that had everybody in it. That's smart. Yeah. So ultimately, I think it was I think it was uh, uh I think it was two city blocks burned down. Sixty one uh, houses. Several houses. Okay, sixty one houses is what we got. All right. Yeah. No, and it's so so yeah. When it comes to defending yourself from attacks like that, it's nearly nearly impossible to do. Um, you know, nobody has a has a uh, bomb proof roof. At least, you know, generally speaking, just a day to day. You know, the houses you see in your neighborhood. That's not the norm. Okay, not the norm. No. Uh, so, I mean, ultimately, you have to think about situations where you're going to be outmanned and outgunned. To an extreme extent. And in those sort of sort of situations, the only real option is is evasion, you know, um, staying away from the, the helicopter with the bombs. Uh, OK. Now, now an unarmed helicopter or an unarmored helicopter, small arms can take it down. Um, just, uh, just, a uh, you know, a nine millimeter and that might blow the lung out of somebody that can actually do enough damage to a, an unarmored helicopter to, to make it at least have to emergency land. Um, I would say all signs point to good luck taking down a helicopter, but yeah. Um, yeah. Especially if it's a military the, helicopter. Yeah. One, one of the things, uh, I read, uh, what what is that? The Encyclopedia of these are old books that I haven't looked at in years. Um, uh, shit, the Ragnar Benson books. I can't even recall. Um, anyway, doesn't matter. One of the older books I have has uh, uh, how to take down a helicopter, and it pretty much says good luck. Now, the upside is. Most helicopters cost over 250 grand, but remember the government gives law enforcement shit for free all the time. So they don't even care. It used to be that you could throw a couple of bullets at it and they'd be like, fuck that. We're not getting our helicopter broken. We're out of here. Um, right now an armored helicopter. That's another story. So, you know, it's hit or miss. The big thing is, Try not to get do shit where people drop bombs on you. I mean, I feel like you have to really piss off your government for them to drop a bomb on you. And the idea was mm. the government's probably not sending an Apache or something out after you because they're like $20 million. And it's just like, right. you know, fuck. You know, but you know, are you worth $20 million? I don't, yeah, I mean, I'm like, let Kevin do what Kevin's going to do is what I say. You know, if he wants mm-hmm. to smoke the reefer or something, whatever, you know, I don't know what he does. Shoot guns. <laughs> I, you know, I know you know, you got to stay away from the reefer. My, my experience is every time I 
have smoked marijuana in the past, I had an unstoppable urge to go out and rape white women. So just, you know, just fair warning. Keep your kids away from that stuff. Reefer madness is is no joke. It's real. Okay. Oh, man. Dude, I, I don't even know what to say to you. Um, so anyway, all right, we're, we're just going to move away from the taking down helicopters. Although, if you had an open area in your property where a helicopter might hover, I'm just saying a good cable running across the skyline kind of might make it not such a good area for a helicopter to land. I, I did yeah, read yeah that they try and stay away from power lines, things like that, where they can get caught up. So, you know, not a, not right. a bad just idea. Just something to keep in mind. All right. I digress. Um, another thing, like back to Kevin's story, is uh, there's a story, if you look on the internet, of the Crips versus the Army Rangers. Now, let's bring right. this one back to, we're going right. way back in time. Kevin, time travel? It's now 1989. And that time the Army Rangers went up versus the Crips. All right. So there's a guy, Sergeant Bill Falk, was an Army Ranger at Fort Lewis, Washington. Now, he bought a house in Tacoma and he thought. Oh, nice residential neighborhood. Looks good. It'll be good investment. Now, he says investment, but he lived there. So, I mean, it kind of is like he just needed a house. Is what I, the more yeah. I take that. Well, whatever. Um, it turns out the Crips were selling crack and shit outside his house. I don't know if it was really crack. It could have been like just regular cocaine. I, I don't know. Um, they, we could get into how to make it and what's the difference and why crack's more addictive. That's a whole other mm-hmm. exciting adventure. It's really weird though, how something can become addictive just by the way you, you know, yeah, just by baking soda and the way you ingest yeah. it. Yeah. Now, that, now there is, weird, there is a lot yeah. of scientific data that does prove that crack cocaine is a much more addictive than regular cocaine. And okay. if you're going to do drugs, spend a little bit extra and get the cocaine and don't try and save money on crack. Just a little, you know, fair warning. All right. So it is possible that, you know, maybe they're not to blame. Maybe it was the federal government that actually was against the army Rangers. You see how it could be twisted mm-hmm. there. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. well, the CIA there- did smuggle cocaine into the United States and cause the crack epidemic. But that's now, that's another another story. Now, Bill Falk is an Army Ranger, and we all know Army Rangers are kind of badass. And then they don't fuck around. Um, there, There's a picture of him with some kind of, uh, I don't know, some kind of launcher on his back. It was the 80s. I don't know what they were using. But, yeah, they're uh, doing Rambo shit then. Rambo shit. He's got the, you know, the, the assault old school M16. Looks like... 30 rounds, and we know 30 rounds, you could kill like 200 people with that. So, right. Because those bullets, they just tear through everything. You know, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. That, that might be a slight exaggeration, but I heard it on the CNN. So, you know, who knows? Yeah, it was on CNN. Right. It's on CNN. So it's true. So, anyway, the uh, this guy, he looks like what's the older brother on uh, on uh, Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, Kip. Um, 
Kip, Kip. right. Yeah. This guy looks exactly like Kip. Got the mustache, the glasses, the uh-huh. hundred pound frame. He mm-hmm. he's tough, right? I mean, you know, you're just like terrifying. Um, you, I know you're doubting me right now. You're like, well, I'm not sure that sounds like an army ranger. Look this guy up. You're gonna be like, oh shit, that is Kip. You know, I don't I don't know. Maybe he got into acting after. Who knows? Anyway, so he's like, hey, you know, I don't like you guys selling drugs outside my house. You know, it'd be cool if you moved up the street because. I'm trying to, you know, have an investment here. I don't want you totally destroying my property value. They're like, you know what? Fuck you. I won't do it. You tell me. Because they, they listen to like Rage Against the Machine and shit like right, that. Right, right. Obviously. So, the Crips, that's their big thing. So, right. That's their thing. That's their jam. Right. So he's like, all right. Um, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set up some surveillance cameras. Now, I don't think he tells them that. But he does it and mm-hmm. he's not hiding it. Right. So mm-hmm. th- there's one in an upstairs window that they find particularly offensive. And they come back and they're like, hey, soldier man, I don't like you putting your camera. You like my accent there? You see what I did? Yeah, good. That's right. good. That was good. All right. So I had this story going. So he's like, well, I-, I do what I want. And they're like, well, we like sell drugs here. And, and that camera is not going to be good for business. People don't want to buy drugs when there's a camera right there. And he's like, well fuck you, get out of my neighborhood then. And they're like, yeah. And the guy makes a, a finger hand motion and like a gun. Like and a he, gun he, finger, like, huh? Yeah, and he kind of drops his thumb down like it's, you know, like he's dropping a hammer, like he's going to shoot him. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, kids, the kids today gonna... call that finger banging. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw that on South Park. <laughs> there was some <laughs> kind of finger banging. But anyway. So he's like, all right, you're going to, you know, whatever. And he goes, I see you tonight like that. And and it was just like okay. that too, the accent, everything. All right. So that's how I imagine, you know, gangs. I, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I saw it in, there were a lot of movies in the 80s. That, that's all I could tell you. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, that's kind of weird. It sounds like that guy might've been threatening me. And I have to kind of point out in this story, this guy had, the the ranger guy had called the cops about drug deals going on and sent pictures to the police of the drug deals about 20 or 30 times up to this mm-hmm. point. And the cops did nothing. They were like, yeah, fuck you. They, there's something about they don't do community policing back then. And now they actually try and, I, I don't know what happened. They, they don't do shit, right? They don't care. So, but again, this is the 80s. Obviously, cops today are nothing but out trying to be helpful. So, okay. Right. So, anyway. So, he's like, you know, that doesn't sound good for me if this guy's coming back to shoot me later tonight. And he did just tell me when he's going to do it. That's mm-hmm. always helpful when you're doing strategic planning is yeah. if they could just tell you when they're going to come fuck with you. So he calls up his buddies and he's like, hey, you know, I'm active duty ranger. I have active duty ranger friends. You know, it would be great if we had a barbecue and you guys all come over. We're going to drink some beers because beers and guns train like you fight. And could you bring a shit ton of ammo and all your guns? And they're like, yeah, I love that. So they all come over. They have a big barbecue. Nothing, no, no 
people coming by, no problems. They're like, cool, everything's good. We're rangers, we're badass. So they set up in stations around the house and they kind of lay low. And somebody drives by and shoots at the camera up on the house mm-hmm. and up in the window. And the rangers who are stationed around the yard, actually, they're already kind of laid out with their ammo and their guns. They freaking unload on this guy and his car. Now, somehow these trained army rangers don't hit a single person with bullets. Then about 15 people come to flank the house through the backyard. Well, it turns out they have rangers over there and they shoot at these people. A 30 minute gunfire exchange happens. 30 minutes. And you're telling me that the police this whole time haven't showed up yet. They haven't shown up. They don't come. Um, now 30 minutes, uh, the, uh, trying to think of how this plays out now. So 30 minutes, not, uh, there's some, some conflicting information here. According to the police, not one person was shot in this 30 minute gunfire. And I would also tell you that. Anybody who's been in a gunfight in combat will tell you usually it's a minute. Usually it's three minutes, maybe six minutes. 30 minutes is like unbelievable. And you're dropping Mm -hmm. tons of ammo in a 30-minute gunfight. But anyway, so this big exchange happens. Nobody gets hurt. The whole town, you know, the whole neighborhood is getting shot up. Um, Cops come out. And they're like, well, why are you shooting guns? You should have called 911 because we would have come and helped you. Now, I don't know if it was mm-hmm. really 911. I don't think we had 911 at that point, but right. we do now. But you get the idea. So I'm just saying you may want to take matters into your own hands. You may want to shoot all the crazy people invading your house. But definitely the trick is, at least in a lot of states, is to let them shoot at your house first. Right. And be like, well, I didn't know that he was a bad aimer. I thought he was shooting at me, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't be like, yeah, he was shooting the camera. You know, I don't know where he was right. aiming. I, I saw him <laughs> point a gun in my direction. It was towards my house. My family's in that house. And I'm not down for that shit. So anyway, that's where we're at. These are the kind of things you need to be planning for. And I would tell you, you never know when you're going to have the big, uh, the big um, gunfight out front of your house. So I have some intel for you. If you check okay. out ammoseek.com, mm-hmm. it turns out they have bullets available, and you can actually find the best pricing available. Now you can search by price from low to high or anything you want. You want to put in brass casing, whatever you want. So I'm looking right now, and I'm seeing a 1,000 rounds, 55 grain. I prefer 55 grain. Um, It tends to do better than 62, depending on what you're doing. It's great for target practice that you're not blowing through your steel targets Um, Mm -hmm. because the 62 grain, you're just shooting right through. You're destroying shit. It. eh. So anyway, 55 grain, 
brass ammo, thousand rounds, full metal jacket ball, um, 46.9 cents with free shipping. I'm just saying that's something you might be interested in. Yeah. Um, now I know, I know I don't have to tell you, but ammo prices have been through the roof lately. Very difficult to get a reasonable price on, on ammunition. And especially if you're looking for a specific type, it can be very difficult to find it locally. It can be very difficult to find a good price locally. So, you know, if you want to find a good price and and get the most bang for your buck, so to speak, ammoseek.com is a great spot to go. Um, You might be looking for six and a half Creed more. 308. 308's coming back in stock, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that's where you want to go. Ammo Seek. Because the idea is they don't actually sell the stuff. They have the links, all the best deals. So they have nothing to gain but to show you the good stuff because they want you to keep have them as the go-to. You know, I mean, there's certain websites, not unlike this one that I go to all the time and I check, Hey, what's the good deal out there today? You know, somebody might be offering a special. I don't know. I might need another thousand rounds. Cause I'm telling you, if you're in a 30 minute gun battle, you got to realize that you're going to burn through some ammo that thousand rounds right there. And guess what? You might need magazines and magazines are getting a little bit hard to come by right now. People are kind of scared that our crazy government is going to make it illegal to have 30 round or, you know, whatever different magazines, ammoseek.com. They can help you find this shit. They know where the deals are. So you may want to check that out. Anyway, you have thoughts, concerns, questions. You can email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. You want to find out about what books you need to survive the apocalypse. We might be able to help you. I actually have an email that I haven't gotten back to that I'm thinking of. But I got to say, we kind of did a podcast episode on the Survival Library. And I feel like we listed all the books. And I feel like I might have even put that list in the show notes. And so I just have to dig it out. I know you guys are hounding me for, you know, good stuff. I'll try and put something. You know what? I'll serve everybody. I'll put it on the Facebook page. Uh, what books you might be interested in, both for resisting against a tyrannical antichrist or books you might want for homesteading and survival. I'll put a list of each up on the uh, Facebook page. I'll try and do that while I'm at work tonight because, you know, work is the time for that kind of thing. You may as well get paid, right? Um, Right. The... uh, the Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slam prepping badass. And I believe if you search the prepping badass Facebook group, you can find us. Um, prepping underscore badass on Instagram. I don't really do much on Instagram. It's still, um, I mean, like Facebook is like the new MySpace, and that's about the level I'm at. You know, it's not, yeah. You know, we're not making TikTok videos or anything. You should be grateful that I'm aware of what a podcast is and have moved into yeah. this realm. You know, <laughs> this is already right. like way outside my comfort zone, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But that said, uh, you guys have a great week. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week.
life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.